them to be in the life of any orthodox Christian in the church. Okay? Second, the part is what is rehabilitation. To understand everything in our church, we have to go back to the original story in the book of Genesis. When God created Adam and Eve, He created Adam first and breathed on him life. And his wife was the Holy Spirit and the wife. By his sin, the Holy Spirit departed from man. And by the departure of the Holy Spirit, he became existent but not alive. Are you with me? He became existent but not alive. Why? Because the Spirit of God departed from him. So he was disconnected from the source of life. And now God is asking me something else. If now he is disconnected from the source of life, it means he is missing life, but still existing. And this is the case of many now in the church and even in the world. We see people existing, but not alive. Why? Because they are disconnected from the source of life. So just simply, if you look at this one, still this one looks alive. But because it's disconnected from the source of life, it won't wither and die. Christ came to reconnect us once more. So when a person acts to be a living member of the body of Christ, I need to be reconnected to restored once more from the source of life. So to understand the meaning of the word decapitation in a simple way, it's very biblical, mentioned in the New Testament twice, we have one of them in few minutes, and it's the main part of the theology of St. Irenaeus. We call it the theology of decapitation. In a very simple way, if this basket has such oranges, this basket has two rows. First of all, all of them inside the basket. Second, all of them are connected together. If we do as a second one, we lost two things. None of them is going to be in the basket, and then every one of them is scattered from each other. To recapitulate something is to bring them back. Why are we defining this as such? The meaning of the word is to sum up once more, to sum up again. Upon the fall of man, we were in this status. We were disconnected from each other, disconnected from the source of life. How? Very simple. When Adam created first, when God created Eve, Adam said, Now she is flesh of my flesh and bone of my bones. This is the capitulation. After his fall, he said, The woman you gave me. It's not part of me anymore. So the restoration or recapitulation is we are reconnected to the source of life on a personal act. The corporate act which I will explain more that we are connected to one another. So here is the verse, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 6. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times he may gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him, Ephesians 1. What does it mean? One of the reasons of the incarnation is to restore us once more. 
to reconnect everyone with the source of life on a personal act, to be alive, and because I am alive, a living member of the body, I'm living with other members again. So the work itself in Greek is anatomically. And again, the whole theology of Saint Irene is called the theology of rehabilitation. But Christ came and he's facing all his theology that we are disconnected from life, we are disconnected from each other. Christ came to collect us all once more, to give us the means of life through him, and at the same time to live in a communal, joyful fellowship with each other. Otherwise, meeting now, this is clear. The machine will type sush. Clear the now? Okay. What does it mean to be rehabilitated with Christ? To be a living member of a personal act. Again, before the fall, we had a fellowship with God. We hear many times in the book of Genesis, first two chapters, God was talking to Adam. God was walking with Adam. So there was a fellowship between man and the Holy Trinity. When you say God is all Testament, we mean the Holy Trinity. Sometimes we mention the Son or the Holy Spirit. Let us have a glimpse of what is the Trinity to see what I was missing, what was restored when a person acts to Christ again. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, verse 3, it reads that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, is Christ in capital. Life was manifested. It was not manifested. Life was in heaven. Christ came into our earth. And we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father, again it's the Christ, the connector, who connect us once more to the source of life. Which was the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard and declared to you that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So, in a personal level, now I have a fellowship with the Father and the Son. Here the word is Kunanya. We said four words about the Orthodox life. One of them is Kunanya. And now we have the Kunanya on a personal level. I have a fellowship with the Father and His Son Christ. Where is the Holy Spirit? The same word Kononia is used in verse 13-14 in 2nd Corinthians, verse of the 2nd Corinthians. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion, Kononia again, of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So after the full disconnection, now I have full reconnection in the fellowship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Our title is the church is the body of Christ. How I gain this? Through Christ. How being a living member and a personal act, I regain the full communion with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Let's go to the next part. We believe in the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let me explain one thing here because it's quite confusing for me. Are there three persons in one Godhead? Or three gods? Or what exactly? Can you tell me? Are there three persons as such? 
How come there are three persons and one God? Can you tell me? Yes. What do you think? How we used to say three persons and one God head? And why the word person is very teasing sometimes to us? I'll tell you one more thing. When you say the person, always we think of a person like me and you, which is true, with one major difference. If you are three now, you are three distinctive persons and separated persons. But when we speak about the Trinity, we are three distinct persons, but indwelling in each other. How? Jesus said, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. So the biggest difference between us as persons and the Holy Trinity, we are mutually indwelling in each other. There is no separation. There is distinction, but there is no separation. So if Kononia means I have a personal relationship, fellowship with each person of the Holy Trinity. We missed it through the fall. But Christ, who is the Son of God, became man to reunite us once more. So if now in my own personal act with the person of Christ, I'm able to connect myself as a living person with the head Christ himself, I have a restored relationship with each person in the world. That's why in the book of Job chapter 33 verse 9, Job was crying, we need a mediator to put his hands on both of us, on heaven and on earth. That's why the second person he chose by the economy of the Holy Trinity to come down to earth to lift up the whole church once more to restore the community and the fellowship with each person in the Holy Trinity. So when you speak about a personal act within the body of Christ, it means every one of us has the right to be united with Christ to restore a fellowship with God the Father, which means I'm going to enjoy the love of God the Father himself. In John chapter 23, sorry, chapter 17, verse 23, Jesus was praying and was telling him, telling the disciples, or in the ears of the disciples, talking to the Father, he was telling him, you love them as you love me. How come the Father loved them? as he loved his only daughter son Jesus Christ through this unity. We can enjoy the love of the Father if we are not in Christ. That's why St. Paul in his epistles 164 times said in Christ, in him, in the beloved. To show that through being in Christ I am restored to the koinonia, the fellowship with the love of the Father, the grace of the Son, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me till now? Okay. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19, he's telling us, If now we are restored to the person of Christ, you choose to be in Him, starts of course with our baptism and our confirmation, continues with our daily repentance, and with the Eucharist, we become totally different. How? St. Paul says in Ephesians 2.19 So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. 
So if I am letting this person and act in a proper way, I am not killing him. We have so many people who are converted from other religions. And we are feeling that we are alone. We are aliens to the group. But telling them now, yes, you might host your family, your biological family, but now your family became the whole body of Christ. Past, present, and future. So the question always before us, are we enjoying this? Or send some good news for someone else, not for me. So when St. Paul is telling us how we are God's household, our living members is for you. Again, I'm talking on a personal level. Do you see yourself as a member of the family of God? What does it mean? You see, for example, the congregation of the saints in the liturgy, that St. Mary and St. John and all the saints, the biggest names of your own family, are you proud of this family as living members or just saints live too far? The life too far from even my life. No, we are the same family. Why? Because the restoration that Christ has done is done for each and every one of us. The second thing I would like to show you is the word of Saint Ascensus. We come in by grace what Christ is by nature. In a very simple meaning of this. We say Christ is the son of God. Right? And you are the son or the daughter of God. Christ is the son of God by nature. But what we have? We are sons of God by grace. Through Christ. Through adoption. So on a personal level, what Christ has done, has done in person to each and every one of us. He became a son to make us sons. All what he has is by nature. All what we have is by grace through adoption. And then he's asking every one of us, do you know what they have done for you personally? Every single act in the life of Christ was made for you. He was not in need of you to obey. So if I can see the whole life of Christ and every act in it is a personal act for me, then this restoration will be fully different. Yes, we are different, but when we look in the mirror, we find the life of Christ is gained for me. St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 10 and 11, he repeated the same words needed to sin. He said that the life of Christ may be manifested in your mortal bodies. So whatever your mortality is, whatever your body is, when you look to the dark mirror, you will see the life of Christ manifested in you. It's not looking for your past. It's not looking for your arrogance or your rejection till today to him. It's saying you, I am ready to convert you. That my life be manifested in your mortal body. Let me share with you these verses in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 to 23. He wants to tell you, you are a very, not precious person. You are my very life wanted to be used, manifested in you. Exactly. Let us sing it together. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? Especially in the epistle of St. Paul to the Ephesians and make this exercise when you go home. Chapter 1 from verse 16 till the end, chapter 3 from verse 14 till the end. Change the pronoun. 
So, and God is giving greatness of His power towards me who believe. This is a personal act of it. Then said towards us and see the person is a corporate act for us all. According to the working of his mighty power, he's talking about mighty power, greatness of his power for me. From where I get it. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. You imagine the power of resurrection? has been done towards me to be my power if you imagine a person who is dead for three days what sort of power he needs to be alive and it's again self-motivated power he is the son of God himself and this power was manifested to be mine and yours if you are in this body if you are living body in this, and it is completely For above, far above all principality and power and mind and dominion and every being that is named, not only in this age but also in that which is to come. Why? Was God, was Christ making a great manifestation to embrace us? No. It's towards us, towards me, and for me as well. And He put all things under his feet again to show that he is powerful? No. He is powerful, but this is not the aim of it. And give him to be head over all things to the church. To me and to us. But I'm focusing more on the personal activity. Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. If you see that every single thing he did to the point of his resurrection and to be seated at his right hand it is done for you in person if you are a living member of his body so if you go back to the forward for the first slide it's the liturgical power every liturgy and writing myself regaining the power of resurrection be seated with him in the heaven and all his life is mine that's why if you focus on the liturgy, you find that Christ for the church is telling us the whole story from creation to the second coming. Tell me what Christ has done from creation till his second coming is yours. This is the core of the personal act of being a living member of the body of Christ, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Again, if you see yourself not a living member, you miss all this. If you see what St. Paul was saying, just knowledge, you receive nothing. So if you imagine that most of us, if not all of us, have communion today, means I receive the full power of what St. Paul was saying. The full restoration of the communion to receive the love of God the Father, the greatest wonderful Son Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And here is the art of St. John Christopher. This is an amazing matter. Where is the church raised to? It's as if he raised her with an instrument and put her at the top of all words. It's you, in person. Because sometimes when you speak more about we are the living members of Christ, I exclude myself. I can't see myself receiving such richness in the personal level. Put her 
in the throne. You in the throne. Where the head is, there is a body too. There is no separation between the head and the body. He prepared every human being, you personally, to follow him, to cleave to him, and accompany him in his body. Hearing about the head, one should not think of who should be the boss, but one's main concern should be to abide in him and aspire him, not only as an honorable leader, but as the head to the body, to me. And if you stop with for a moment, have you ever seen any organ of your body working away from your head? Can. That's why the implication of it full obedience. I'm proud that I am sitting on the throne in Him. That's why I'm not going to choose anything by my own mind. I'm here to say yes in full obedience to the head of the body. Because I'm connected directly to this head. Jesus said in John 12:32, And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, signifying by what death he would die. He goes lifted up to lift me up to heaven. And I can't see myself on earth anymore. He said in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6, Who raised us with him and seated us with him in the heaven realms in Christ Jesus. So he's saying, if you are in me as a living member, you are not on earth anymore. A few minutes ago, when you break the you said, lift up your hearts and said, we have them with the Lord. Faith. We are talking about the raised Lord seated at the right hand of the Father. We confess that we believe our minds and our hearts are now seated in heaven in Christ Jesus. Again, St. John Christophe is commenting, this means that the Lord attracts those who believe. It's your choice. Sometimes I don't belong to, belong to this church or I don't belong to the head Christ. I wouldn't think us about belonging more. Even if they are of the Gentiles, he says that he will draw all people. He will be in person. He is here to draw you in person. It's as though these were being arrested by a tyrant and were unable to come to the Lord on their own. If he will seem unable to escape from the hands of the tyrant who holds him. But now the bondage or the chains and has been broken. Why? Because the mighty Lord has a victory for me in person and for you in person. This is a verse in 1 Corinthians 27, but it's not translated properly, unfortunately. Why? In the New King says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. The, the word individual is not mentioned in the whole New Testament. It's the word person. So, the NIV part of it. And then King James is the old one. Now we are the body of Christ and members in particular. We are not individuals anymore. Individual, which means you are still in the fullness of Jesus. Person, it means you are restored in Christ. It's another topic I'm going to go through now. But you are a person, restored in the person of Christ, restored in the head of Christ Himself. Origen is commenting on this verse. The body of Christ is not different from the church, which is His body. 
and members in Hebrew God attached those together to become not two but one body, commanding men not to separate the church from the Lord. And now again in a personal level, you separate yourself from the head, then you are not alive. You separate yourself, as when I was doing more, from the members, then you are not alive again. The church is teaching us that a personal act and corporate act, it says you can't have one and miss the other. You always seek both. If you are having only the personal one and missing the communal one, it means you are living in a lie and vice versa. I can say I have a good relationship with everyone, but my, with my God is not. There is another lie. It's either both or none. You can't have one and miss the other. This is the common. Again, the restoration is a personal act of the Holy Trinity. Each person is a Trinity with me. Here what the Holy Spirit is doing. We saw what Christ did, and here what the Holy Spirit is doing to make me an effective living member of the body. The Lord declares, He will glorify me, He is doing with the Holy Spirit, for He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that He will take of mine and declare it to you. Let us think of it for a moment. The Father is unseen. No one has seen the Father. The Father gave all what He has to the Son. And the Son took our flesh and enriched our body, our mortal flesh, by indwelling amongst us. Till now we are just watching Christ changing His corruptible, our corruptible nature in Him. I received nothing yet. How I can receive it? He will glorify me, He will take what is mine, which was the Father first, and declare it to me. When we say that we are in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, it means He is conveying the full life of Christ in you and in me, which was the Father's Spirit, which means I am restored to a divine life. and in a fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And living a divine holy life on a personal level, then the whole church is going to be revived. That's why all the people who spoke about revival in the church said it starts with a personal revival. You can't ask dead people, let us make a good communal life. What does it mean? You can act from outside for a while that I am showing compassion or love or care, but it ends up with nothing. So if you are seeking a revival in your family, in your church, seek first a personal revival, a personal act, a personal relationship between you and Christ, between you and the Holy Spirit, to have a personal divine life through Christ, through the work of the Holy Spirit in you, to enjoy the fullness of the love of the Father. We can't separate our life from the whole thing. We are dead without it. Christ came, but I showed you this thing a few minutes ago, to be a mediator between man and heaven, a restorer, a redeemer, to redeem us once more. Hear what the Greek say. He who gives riches becomes poor, for he assumes the poverty of my flesh, the body that I may assume the riches of His Godhead. This is what is going to be used 
the richness of his Godhead. You can't go home after literally having Christ in you, poor anymore. He became poor to make you in person. Living such richness, I may assume the riches of his Godhead. Looking about the Son, and through the Son, he has this divine life with the Holy Trinity. So when you speak about the personal act, it's not a nice theological topic. It's a personal act to enrich my personal life. And without it, we are just churchgoers. We are listeners of some good news in the Bible, but not, we are not enjoying this good news of the Bible. So, because they give me only 40 minutes, I'm trying to run as much as I can. What do I have in him as a living member? If now I'm unleashing this, again I said, start my baptism, then my confirmation through the Holy Christ, and daily life of repentance, and continuous seeking of the real body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist. So his life is mine, what does it mean? Let me share with you what is written in it. For who for me and for my salvation. We used to say in the Greek, who for us and for our salvation became man. And then we recite the whole life of Christ till his second coming. We have another thought to call it the baptismal form, which recites the whole creed with the I form. And here is it. Who for me and for my salvation became man. Which means every single thing he did in his life is offered to me to be conveyed, declared through the Holy Spirit to be my life. So his incarnation, he sanctified my flesh. In his baptism, he accepted in his body the Holy Spirit to be given to me once more. Because he departed from Adam upon his sin. His transformation, he gave me the power that we are able from now on to be transfigured in this earth as I have done it on the Mount of Hope. Now you are the light of the world, the shining light of the world in your university, at your work, in your home, everywhere. His this becomes mine. And Paul was saying that, you know, he was crucified with Christ when on the cross. So if this becomes mine, who for me and for my salvation died in the cross? Who is for me and for my salvation transfigured in Mount Tabu? His redemption became mine. As we read just a few minutes ago in Ephesians chapter 1, from verse 19, that this power which is toward us is the power of His resurrection. So this power is mine. When we sing Christos and Esri, in the church, in the Easter celebration and the fifth joyous day, he said, by his death, he trampled upon this. This was defeated for me. So, if I see his resurrection and his death, a defeat for the death in general, then this is not for me anymore. This thing to eternity. He said, even if they will die, they will live. Why? Because they believe in Him who said, I am the life and the resurrection. And then so on. His ascension is mine, His second mind coming is mine. Everything that Christ has done and is going to do became my own personal riches. To receive, to assume the riches of His own Godhead. 
also his gifts are mine. Christ, in many occasions, is telling many people, your sins are forgiven. And every time when you go to confess your sins, you receive the absolution from the Father's confession immediately. God absolves you, your sins are forgiven. I'm not telling everything in the list, the list is too long. But I would like to see yourself in each story in the Bible, in each parable. There is a gift hidden for you, in person, from Christ to in person. His power over darkness and sin. St. Paul says in Romans chapter 6 verse 14, For sin has no dominion over you. Why? Because you are not under the law, but under grace. So every single sin, if you are in the, uh, under the bondage of any sin this morning, the good news is, if you choose to be in Him, sin has no dominion over you. Maybe you need some help. Maybe you need to confess it because you are shy to confess it. But sin has no dominion. Christ gave us the total freedom from any sin through the personal act between us and between me and Him. His victory over temptation. Why Jesus was tempted on the mountain after his baptism? Again, to show off that he is able to conquer the devil in his condition No. Took my mortal body, my weak body, and was able to conquer the temptation. To tell me now, the Holy Spirit is going to declare my victory in each temptation to be your victory. So when you say that his gifts are mine, it means read the whole gospel and whatever Christ did, consider it yours. Again, our title is, what Christ has by nature becomes mine by grace. So he was here to convey what he has by nature to be mine by grace through adoption. His victory of temptation is full obedience to the Father. I think it's a disaster for every parent that their children are not obedient enough or they are not obeying as they want them to be obedient. And Christ here is telling us, I know this is one of the weaknesses of human beings. I took your flesh, I took your mortal bodies and I was able to tell him that it be thy will not my will. Again, not to show that I am able to do it and you are not, no. I have taken your weaknesses and your weak body and did it with it. To tell you now, or from now on, the Holy Spirit will convey this power of full obedience to be used. To think of anything in your life and think of what Christ did in his flesh and be proud that it is mine, who for me and for my salvation was able to tempt to conquer temptation. Who for me and for my salvation was able to offer full obedience to the Father. And now we have the same power through the Holy Spirit. His authority over the river and so on. The rest is too long. Let's read the four Gospels and say it is mine. It was his by nature, his mind by grace. And in a very simple way, Christianity in a very simple way is to ask the Holy Spirit to dwell in you, to make you a Christ-like, or to make you what is Christ by, by nature, to make you yours by faith salvation. To speak about personal act of being a living member of the body of Christ, it is not a theory. 
Some theology, not to be lived, it's our basic minimum life that Christ offered to us. So we are not here to talk about theology, but I'm here to talk about hard verses in the Bible or hard terms uh, in theology. No. Here it's how to live or not to live. How to be alive or to be bitter. All these things are concluded in the liturgy. For the four words, liturgy, liturgia, martyria, conolia, and diaconia. What do I speak more about the diaconia? If you live such dear life, what does Christ have by nature, we have by grace. Can you stop talking about what you receive from Him? You can't. That's why anyone saying, I'm not a servant, I'm not belonging to this church, or I'm not a deacon, say whatever you want. But if you need to have this real life in Christ, as a living member of the body, you can't stop serving. Think of the four words we started with, and then read any topic in the church, or find yourself compelled to show that what you have heard, what you have seen, what you experienced, you need to share with everyone else. Let me finish with you with one more quote by St. Augustine. He telling you and me that the liturgy is the living power to make you a living member of the body of Christ. And it also answers many questions in our mind. I, Christ, am the food of full-grown men. And he pointed to each one of us. Grow and you shall feed on me, but you shall not change me into your own substance as you do with the food of your body. Instead, shall be changed into me. Shall be changed into me, a living member of the body of Christ, led by the head, having the richness of the head, having all what the Son of God has by nature, but they have it by grace. Enjoying a full communion, full fellowship, to enjoy the fullness of the love of God the Father, the grace of Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. As a living member of the household of God, St. Peter, when he accused him, and all the other disciples in Acts chapter 4 and Acts chapter 5, and told them, stop talking about his name. He said again in an exclamation, how come we cannot stop talking of what we have seen, what we have heard, what we have experienced? We can't. This is the kononia and this is the diakonia when we start to serve based on what we have received. That's why sometimes we need some people to see the living, shining light of Christ without talking. And some other times you go to church to see the most miserable people in the church. Why? St. Apollo was telling them one day, why are you thrown? Why are you mukashareen as such? Are you not the people who are intending to inherit eternal life? How come a living member of the body of Christ breathes or plan to be the heirs of eternal life? living and showing such miserable life. They chose this not life. It doesn't show the shining life of Christ. It shows just a human miserable life. 
again, I'm not talking about theology, I'm talking about the call of each and every one of us. In Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1, St. Paul will say, are partakers of a heavenly calling. There's nothing heavenly in this entity. And you can't receive any calling less than a heavenly calling. May the will of Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever and ever. Come here.